Jim Joyce. We made it another week. Love it. Love it. Looking forward to this week. Sunny in Europe. It is. It is. Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I said we're going to be talking AI again. I think you're going to announce the get, but like it feels like artificial intelligence everywhere, right? You know, can't get enough. It, it's for me it's a bit crazy that i i kind of just not that i stopped paying attention i mean it's important and i still leverage it but it almost became like part of you know just like a daily routine right like i'll instead of googling stuff i'm actually i'm paying for chat gpt service i'm just asking it to summarize stuff for me right like yeah it's been it's been fantastic so i'm not you know anytime stuff comes up on to TikTok, I just said not interested because there's a tool comes out every day, but I just can't keep up with it, right? So, and are you using it now? Are you using? Are you checking in? Like, like honestly, are you using it like yeah. a couple times a week, once a day? Uh, I mean, easily once a day. Uh, wow, wow. Once a day, um, and it's like I don't know. Uh, obviously, nothing kind of proprietary, right? But just you know, yeah. like an article or whatever. Like sometimes I'm like, all right, give me right. like another quick summary or. Instead of Googling right. stuff and searching through results, like I'll ask a very specific question, right? And it gives me so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It just, uh, and with the app now, it's just so much easier, right? So the Chat GPT app is yeah. great. Awesome. Um, awesome. But anyway, um, you know, speaking of being online and you'll understand why, um, I'm going to invite actually uh, a guest, Ruth. And, awesome. And, and a very appropriate name because Ruth guest. <laughs> she probably heard Ruth, that I'm Ruth, assuming. <laughs> I know how, Ruth how many times have you heard Good evening. You're, a great, you're a great guest Ruth guest <laughs> First time, how's it going yeah. guys how are nice you? to meet you nice to meet you Jim how are you getting on you Jim doing, doing great great to have you here uh, and I think you guys are sitting in the same country maybe I'm not sure yep. if the same city but um, and I know yeah, yeah. Ruth, you and I met months and months and months and months ago through those serendipity uh, things. But I'll, you know, I, I can't believe you two have not met. But here well, you, you are. Eugene yeah. doesn't let me. He doesn't let me bring Irish people onto the show. I have to like he has to bring them <laughs> on. So there's a whole like because at first I was like I was trying to bring another Irish person onto the show, you know. So so thank God we got you through a little loophole. Here, you know, we got <laughs> finally, finally, yeah, <laughs> very good. Where but, where are you based, Jim? I'm Dublin. You're in Dublin, yeah, same here, same here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. I was, I, I couldn't remember where you actually sit in Ireland, but there you are. So, um, <laughs> maybe there's, uh, maybe there's, there's a drink to be had, uh, a, a beer. But yes. um, anyway, for you know, for our millions of listeners, Ruth, take us through <laughs> your life journey, um, <laughs> and and you know, as usual, Jim and I will sort of like zoom in there and interrupt and start wherever yeah. you want to start with it. Yeah, sure. God, okay. Well, um, (laughs) where do I even begin? So I I actually originally started out as a photographer and a creative, um, and I used to freelance a lot doing video work. I used to work in London for a lot of fashion brands. Then I moved into like marketing and branding and worked with entrepreneurs on their like founder story and their founder brand. Um, Then actually what happened was I I was in between loads of different jobs and I was like, God, I really want to travel Asia. Like I haven't done that. So I booked a one-way flight to Vietnam. And at the same time, I applied for this master's of science in cyber psychology. And then literally four weeks later, the pandemic happened. So obviously couldn't go traveling. 
So I ended up doing a master's online uh, while working. Now, obviously, that was like torture. That was like 14 hours a day at the desk. <laughs> um, but it was amazing. And I really felt like my my kind of experience of creativity and photography and marketing blended with psychology kind of gave me a different shift of focus in life, you know. Um, so while I was doing that, I was looking into avatars and communication online because obviously everything was through zoom and facetime and you know uh teams and everyone's wi-fi connection was appalling so uh, i was looking at avatars and, and how we can communicate through that and i was like wow i was like what if avatars could deliver therapy you know what if there was something there where we could replicate human empathy and um so i was really looking into that and then out of that came Sersha, um which is what i'm working on now now Sertia is nowhere near what it was when I thought of it doing my master's, but um, that's kind of where I'm at now. And, and it's uh, it's been an interesting journey to say the least, but there's still a few more years to come, I'm sure. <laughs> and what is cyber, cyber psychology? So it's basically how we interact with technology, how we present ourselves on the internet, um, how people mm. interact in gaming, online dating, um. Then there's also like cybersecurity elements as well. So it's basically everything around technology and the internet and how we interact with it. And wow. is it more from the kind of the users slash consumer behavior perspective uh, and what's in our psyche that makes us interact or makes us not interact? And of course, we're all unique mm. or like... Give us maybe like examples of applicability of it, which I think oh, yeah. a billion of them, right? Or or a hundred percent. So um it's all contextual, like all pieces of psychology. It's all, it's based on research, but you can't say, for example, if someone says a certain word online, it means that they're this kind of person because it's all contextualized uh, based around culture and nuances and this kind of thing. But for example, like I did my thesis on how people present themselves on TikTok and um, in relation to like self-concept clarity and uh, self-presentation online. And some some of what we found was, was fascinating, but it really is about usually when people present themselves on social media, they present, let's say, like an ideal self online, you know, right. so that's like right. your filters on Instagram and, you know, trying right. to like look good. You've got the Lamborghini in the house and whatever. In real life, yeah. you're driving a Ford Fiesta, something like that. But yeah, like Eugene's like 10 pounds heavier. He's got a thinning app on. <laughs> exactly. <right now. laughs> well, I was going to tell another quick, quick, quick I don't have any story. hair. I don't have any hair. talk about everybody presenting their best right um so i actually mm -hmm. had not many people know uh at all because i like kind of deleted the account after a while but the the girls were home uh for a couple of weeks and they're like you know you love like i i love cleaning the kitchen right like it for me i don't know why it's like a <laughs> yeah. mental break i put my I got that. on yeah. and i'm kind of like just you know whatever and so the girls are like always impressed because i have like my routine and it's like spotless so it's like <laughs> why don't you just like put that on tiktok so for like two weeks straight i was doing i was the kitchen cleaner right and so <laughs> that, that was the thing it was definitely not presenting my best forward right no ferraris or whatever but, but that yeah. sounds like a 
that sounds like a terrible movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a horror, a horror movie, but leaning on TikTok. Yeah. yeah. No, I actually think though, like with TikTok, it was completely different from other social media like um platforms. It was more so about like creating your own movie or creating like your showcasing your fun self rather than your ideal self, which is really interesting. Okay. But I think like presenting authenticity on social media is definitely something that's becoming more at the forefront. And that's what I really like, what kind of what I'm doing in LinkedIn and putting up videos and stuff about my entrepreneurial journey of building Sersha is that it's almost like an insight into my life and representing myself in the most authentic way that I can. Because I think, honestly, there's there's not great stuff on social media. People are not themselves. So I think we need more of that, you know. But is that how it says, okay, so, so your thesis was how people represent themselves on TikTok. TikTok specifically, and, yeah. And there was, yeah. and there was like a fun, authentic side or that's what they were trying to get to. It Pretty much, how beautiful yeah. I am or, or kind of a dating thing or it was like. Yeah, exactly. It was a little bit more authentic, which is, that's, I thought it was really fascinating because like all social, yeah. other social media platforms are completely different. So it, and right. TikTok is one of the most popular ones now it's like over a billion downloads so it, it kind of shows how people are representing themselves online is almost completely shifting in the right. the kind of the internet landscape so yeah fascinating stuff but i think that that could be a certain way of how cyber psychology is, is implemented one of my lectures is actually a, a specialist on online dating so she mm-hmm. would you know give people talks around how people present themselves online how to look out for catfishes things like that as well so that could be another way that cyberpsych is kind of implemented in the real world. Okay. That's wild. And that's, mm. and it's moving, right. It's moving so fast. Cause like we, you know, we would have grown yeah, exactly. up on, or I would have like, I'm probably always here, but would have grown up on Facebook. Right. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, sorry about that. No, all good. Um, I'm going to actually, maybe before we get to Sersha, cause love to dive in. And actually I've been yeah. again, you know, as I open up LinkedIn once in a while, I see your very sort of transparent post and I, I, I love it. Like I actually think, you know, entrepreneurs should do more of that to be frank. Um, but before we get to that and your own journey on it, I know you mentioned kind of what you went through photography and, and branding and marketing, you were helping other entrepreneurs kind of build, right? Mm-hmm. So what were some of the things that you were seeing with other entrepreneurs that you might be taking forward, right? Like, some of the lessons learned, some of the things that you saw like, ah, you know, yeah, really shouldn't be doing this or, uh, or yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Like, obviously, when I was working for the entrepreneurs, I was working freelance, you know, and I didn't never thought I didn't, didn't think I'd be maybe doing a tech startup. I knew I'd be doing something of my own at some stage, but never really in tech. Um, but the lessons that I learned from them would be, Oh God, there's loads, but definitely one of the biggest ones would probably be taking your ego out of the work mm. <laughs> and learning how to delegate, <laughs> I think is really important um, and yeah. learning how to delegate tasks and working as a team. But I think that's, that's so important for anyone in business, especially if you're starting something, because if you're so passionate about it, you can become so embedded in it that you don't want to share the work. And I think I'm guilty of that as well. That's something that I've definitely seen working with other entrepreneurs, but they were young at the time. I'm sure they're different now. Um, if they're listening, I hope they're not offended. Um, but but they don't want to share, they don't want to share what they're working on or their, their ego is so tied up in it that they have to be right or. 
more so kind of having to be right but also in terms of there's so much workload that you can't delegate because you don't think other people will do a great job do you know right, that 100%. kind of way yeah <laughs> I, I think we're all guilty of that sometimes sometimes yeah. but um yeah that would probably be the biggest thing that I learned from other from working with founders and um, another thing was something that amazed me was some of their organizational skills and um, like being able to prioritize and organize themselves and organize their day like to a T. I was like Jesus these guys are machines you know and um, yeah some of them were absolutely incredible so I learned hmm. a couple of tricks from that too okay. I'm still not great at it but getting there <laughs> yeah I think I could use that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so let's start getting to the search, right? Because I know, again, mm-hmm. I think we've connected. You had an early, early concept, and you even mentioned earlier mm-hmm. that it's not now. It's not what it was when you originally thought of it, right? So maybe mm-hmm. kind of take us back to the original spark, um, the inspiration. Then, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So well, that's obviously a mental health crisis globally. I, I don't need to actually talk about the statistics and the facts and the figures, especially with adolescents. It, it, it's growing. It's it's really there. Everyone knows, has yep. a handful of stories from personal experiences with kids suffering with their mental health. And um, there was kind of two facets to it. Like there was the whole photorealistic avatars and communication. And I was like, God, that'd be really cool for therapy and empathy. And then I was looking at this problem with kids, especially in Ireland, Jim, you might know about this. There's it's very difficult to get a psychologist at the moment for therapy mm. because the waiting list is so long um, because there isn't enough therapists in Ireland. And I think that goes for a lot of countries in, in Europe and then looking at the States too. Yep. So I was like, right, wow, what if you could use these photorealistic avatars with therapists for these kids? So then I started thinking about my own story. And that was like when I was 11, when I was a preteen, there was so much going on in my my life between like there was a big family fallout. I was being bullied. I got like this massive anxiety disorder. But my parents, bless them, <laughs> they didn't know what to do because, God, that right. was 20 years ago. So they didn't have the skills to, to support. Yeah. And right. um it only kind of got worse throughout my teen years because of, um, well, technology was a massive influence because we got phones and this Bebo and MSN and it was that whole kind of rise of technology there of social media. But then there was also elements of getting into wrong crowds and this kind of thing. So I really right. feel that from a personal level, if I had the support I needed when I was a preteen, I got the help. Um, it, my life may have taken a different course now. I don't. I don't regret anything right. now, thank God. But um, it, it's interesting that I. Uh, I kind of believe that if kids get the support they need at that age before they reach that the teenage years, which are crucial years, right. I do think that they'll be able to maybe potentially reach self actualization later on in life, which is great. Yeah. So that's where Stercia was. Like, yeah, it's like cool therapy through avatars like amazing would love that you can do big research or indeed developments on it be amazing get into like med tech space fantastic make it a clinical product and my god it is nothing like that now um okay you know getting getting a, a clinical product out there uh almost impossible getting it regulated unless you're in the space and you know it really well and do it from the very, very beginning 
I decided very early on that that can't be the path for 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 me because I knew it would just fail straight away. Um, so wellness. Also, I go also on. Like, yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to interrupt. Like, there's also the founder market fit, right? Everybody talks about the yeah. the, the product market fit, but there's also a founder market fit. Uh, of course, Completely. you can scale and bring people that know right. know know the market, right? Um, but mm -hmm. but I, yeah, I like exactly. Said, like, it's not for me, right? That's what sort of resonated mm -hmm. with me a bit. That it's not for me, right? I'm not the right founder to take this the clinical route, or exactly, yeah. exactly. And I think like that was a really good learning curve because, and I'm so happy I learned it earlier on because I've saved myself so much time because of it. Um, and so much energy and resources too so it, it kind of moved towards more like a wellness uh, wellness avenue let's say and um, once again skeptical of some of the wellness products out there um, just because they might not be as regulated as we want them to be um, showed the did like a mock-up show the avatars to kids I was like oh what do you think of this this is cool isn't it and they were like they were like, that's so weird. Why would I, why would I want that? You know? And I was like, Jesus, all right. <laughs> so kind of back the drawing board. I was like, nah, there's still a problem here. I'm going to try to fix it. Um, and then spoke loads of kids and I was like, what do you like? And they're like, we like Roblox. We like games, you know? I was like, cool, let's make a game. Where let's integrate this avatar as your companion in the game. So kind of worked on that for a while. And once again, hit a massive roadblock. I was like, how am I going to get this to market? Um, because the gaming industry, if you want to build an MVP, um, it's it's going to cost you a lot of money and you need a team. And I'm a solo founder with very little financial funding at the moment. So it's right. um, almost, almost impossible. I'm sure I could do it. But there was, there was a bigger problem at play is that like I didn't know the actual problem at hand I think it's okay to admit that um because I'm still so early days there's obviously a mental health issue with kids right but there's something else there's something deeper than that and I was chatting with one of the girls in my cohort in this program I'm on called New Frontiers and she was saying to me how her six-year-old wants a phone and they were talking about it inside the school playground and the parents were like oh you know, what age is your kid getting a phone? Whatever. Right. And I was like, what? I'm like six years right. old getting sounds a phone. Pretty, sounds pretty young. It sounds pretty that's young. insane. <laughs> I don't have any kids, but my God, like that's, I don't think yeah. that's, I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't sit with me. And I'm, I mean, we're in that, I, what, is, yeah. what was it like iPad generation? Like, you know, the, the yeah. newborns are already swiping, right? Like it, right. it's like it. ingrained in like, the, you know, you're born swiping now. Yeah. Maybe the next generation. It's funny. My, my sons, we had to talk my sons into getting phones. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was wow. kind of wild. Yeah. Those They're kinda, like, they we were, don't want to be they, as crazed as our dad. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. No, but they didn't they didn't want to they, they were really well my oldest was a really you know, my oldest was interesting, but he didn't like he didn't want to be a prisoner to the phone. Like he was just seeing his friends on it that were on it for years. And it was really it was it was but you know, we just logistically couldn't pick him up from school or whatever or something. Mm. So we were like, Come on, please take a phone, you know. But he didn't want wow. it. Wow. God he was really an outlier there. <laughs> yeah, he was freaked out by the be... They just didn't yeah. want to be in the same find my friends group uh, with you, Jim. That's <laughs> yeah, they didn't yeah. want to be found. I don't, I don't think it. I don't think it's as nefarious. I think he he was like he didn't want the whole bullying and the whole that uh, you know that whole exposure. Like he was watching his friends be like tortured by it, and he just was like intuitive. 
you know, but yeah, you know, what a smart kid. Yeah, he's much smarter than me. He's much smarter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no worries. And but I saw this thing and I was God, I was like, oh, these kids are getting found so young nowadays. And it then it made me think back to my original story. And I, like I said to you, I had these issues, but they were exacerbated by technology because I was distracting myself from the real issue at hand. Right. And um did a bit of research and um, Obviously, um, I've been speaking to a lot of parents um, and what we're seeing is, is that this mental health issue or with kids is really correlated with the use of technology. And um, now we can't say it's a causation because it's contextual. You know, every single child is completely different. But what we're seeing is that more and more research is saying kids with their phones, it shouldn't really be a thing. They're too young to be exposed to what we're exposed to their brains aren't um, aren't uh fully no, developed yeah. for that exactly so um so this is the, the path that search is now currently taking instead of it being a game it's more so uh a product for the family to empower and educate preteens and parents around the use of technology and the internet and well-being mm. and managing that before they get their phone. So think about it like, you know, you wouldn't give the keys of your car to your kid without driving lessons. And it should be the right. same with this. Basically mm. just education around it. Nice. And where are you at right now? Have you raised, you say you, you've, you're trying to raise some money, you raise money or you're funding yeah. it yourself or... Um, I wish. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm on Enterprise Ireland's New Frontiers program. And um, awesome. so with a couple of months left in that. And then, um, God, what I'm going to try to do is raise, but I'm working freelance. So I'm going to give myself a bit of runway. And um, I'm I'm sort of founder. Like I was thinking of getting a technical founder just going to build this product. But with something like this, I can build mockups myself. I could do product myself and maybe outsource the tech. So it's it's a case of trying to get runway to continue to do the market research for six to nine months before even getting a product out there um, and building that community of parents I think is really important too because they're going to be the people that shape this product because they're the ones that essentially are going to be using it it's a product for them and their kid what's cool. the there was a term uh, my daughter actually goes to to fashion school um, and she was doing something report and instead of consumers they were calling prosumers so it's somebody who is basically participating okay. with you right uh, uh, yeah. along the way to to actually build the product so who knows some of those parents might be you know ctos technical people or whatever yeah right? so uh, exactly exactly rope, rope insert in, insert the, the delivery of the product will be through mm -hmm. an application or how do you see it yeah, I think maybe through a web app would be the best thing. So okay. what will happen is, is that like how I envision it and then the architectural framework may be uh, a game for kids. So uh, kind of e-learning, potentially Duolingo type style, but not Duolingo. Um, but the parents, this is where it's most important, is that the parents will learn communication frameworks. Um, and they will have a resource hub for their kids around different products so like Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, uh, then all the parental guides, the controls, because that's where the issue is. There's so much on the internet, but they don't even know where to go or where to ask uh, or yep. who to ask. Um, 
So they would receive notifications then on the kids' pro- process as well or their progress. So let's say, for example, little Johnny gets right. like 95% on Snapchat and friends. It can be like hooked up through an API to the Revolut account. So the parent can be like, oh, great, well done, Johnny, hit the button. And it's like eight euros into the Revolut. So it kind of incentivizes them to learn but then also at the end of it, they get this phone. Um, and then they have these communication frameworks for life to communicate with their parents as they go through their teenage years. So just you know, awesome. yeah, increasing their emotional resilience and their well-being. Well, you, it's, it's cool. If you can figure for it real. out, I totally would have bought that product. You know, like like I was thinking of, I have no clue what my poor kids are. You know, it's it's, uh, it's just an yeah. nightmare. Well, you, you send like, them out to the should. world. You send them out yeah. to, the, this, to this crazy world, right? And, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, exactly. it's, uh, it's interesting. But um, why don't we yeah. go, uh, we can dive deeper into so many different <laughs> topics. But um, I think, yeah. Jim, take, take us to the, to the big right. question here. No, so I love this. So, so in an alternative universe, right, um, you, um, there wasn't COVID and you headed off to Vietnam. So you didn't go to Vietnam, right? You didn't go to Vietnam. No. Still haven't and, gone, but that's okay. <laughs> and and so okay, so so here we're gonna play this. So 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 you're so a version, a version of Ruth went off to Vietnam and did the psychology okay. course, right? So I mean, this is mm-hmm. kind of a wild one. So usually we ask you, what would you give advice to your younger self? But I feel like that was like 24 months ago. So so, <laughs> <laughs> so this person, this person went off and and did the cyber psychology course, and then you stayed in Ireland. The other version. Mm-hmm you know, whatever mirrors was a splitting, <laughs> like the um, sliding doors Ooh. version of yourself stayed in Ireland, right? You stayed in Ireland, mm-hmm. you built this incredibly successful company, every family across Europe, merging into the US are using your technology to appropriately train people in there. And and anyways, you you bump into the other version, she says, I'm and this says, I'm starting a company, I'm starting a company right now. And after all these learnings, what would you have what advice would you have given to your alternative version of yourself when she's starting that company? Wow, Jim. That's really good. I like that. Um, (laughs) I'd say, I'd say probably two things. I would say, uh, take as many risks as possible while you can. And then I would also say, don't book unnecessary meetings because your time is precious. (laughs) I love it. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. There's, very tactical. Yeah. Very tactical. Advice. Yeah. Yeah. That was a bit Ruth, of wild. Ruth, yeah. Ruth, you've Thank been you. a gr- great guest. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice. It's also so good to meet you, Jim. Yeah, it's nice okay. to meet you. Let, yeah. let, me know, let me know if you need any help. I've raised a few bob in Ireland once in a while. So, yeah, <laughs> so cool. <I> can speak. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And Eugene, it was such a pleasure to see you again as usual. Same. Yeah. And good luck to you and to all our listeners. Hit subscribe, pass it on, and uh, we'll most likely see you next week. <laughs>